0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your Mondays, to change your week, and to change your life one episode at a time here on the Maverick Mondays podcast. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful in what they do or extremely positive-minded in the way they live their daily lives, those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. Stay tuned for today's guest. Our guest today is Robert Rosenthal. Robert has been in the fashion industry for nearly 35 years. He has two major concepts and is the proud owner of multiple stores here in Cleveland, Ohio. Him and his team are extremely competitive as they compete globally to stay on top and to stay ahead of the trend. His passion is palpable. What it takes to stay ahead of the trend and to figure out what truly is next in fashion is something that I can say with confidence Mr. Rosendahl has mastered. Today, he shares with us his attitudes, his mindsets, and some of his goals in life and in the fashion industry. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Robert Rosenthal. Robert, thank you so much for for joining us. Happy to be here. You are the owner of two uh, clothing stores.
1: Actually, we have six. We have have two two different concepts. We have one, uh, which is our original concept called Next. And uh, Next was a concept uh, born out of a lot of experimentation. Uh, Nex has been doing business for since about 1995. In 2014, we developed a new concept uh, called Exhibition, and Exhibition uh, is now two doors, one in downtown Cleveland on West 25th, and uh, our newest store in uh, the new Van Aken Shopping Center. And Exhibition is a little bit more elevated, um, has a little bit, um, I don't want to say higher taste level, but it's got... Uh, product that sits in the kind of more elevated more exclusive space
0: sure so <clears throat> i actually i didn't know that you had six so is there a certain style that you have for all the all the the stores or is each one its own little flavor? well
1: you know we have two brands so our you know next has a certain brand ethos and exhibition has a certain brand ethos but as you build stores and as your concept evolves certainly um, your mission doesn't change, your core values don't change, but uh, what you're doing to communicate to your consumers and how you're building your brand certainly does change, especially with the, the, the pace in our business is incredibly fast. Um, things change. You know, We used to get nine months out of Trends, and now we'll get nine days out of Trends. So things have tra- changed dramatically.
0: So I want to ask you about that. So. When it comes to fashion, I feel like it's always changing, right? If you if you open up a GQ for this month and then for next month, the style can change dramatically. How do you stay on top of the game? How do you how do you provide products that people will always be inter- interested um, in buying? A lot of
1: ways, you know. I, I travel a lot. I've got an amazing team of people that are around me uh, that we communicate uh, with daily, hourly. Um, it's really a question of having a very, very, very wide net and having a great network, um, both people. Here in Cleveland, but yeah, and all around the world, the the business is, is global. Um, you know, I travel to Europe a few times a year. Uh, probably heading to Asia this year. Um, I'm in New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami. So it's, it's really a question of uh, listening and trying to find those people that can identify uh, what's next. We we have a our creative director is is, is very very talented. And uh, he's really able to kind of guide us in that direction, and um, you know, expose us to what he thinks is is going to be the next trend or uh, the next great brand. So, you know, it's really it's a lot of things. um, But the thing that you have to, to to be able to do in our business is fail fast. And what do you mean by that? Meaning, you you have to be able to take a lot of risk. And if you're playing it safe. In, in the business that we're in. It's a very risky strategy and we typically look at our, our buy and our assortment and what we're doing and twenty percent of it we have no idea how it's gonna perform. But that twenty percent will tell us maybe where the next trend is coming or what we can do to stay, you know, stay ahead. It's real important where we sit in the retail space that um, we're always, you know, probing and trying to find out, you know, what our consumers are gonna want next. Um, the, the internet and Instagram and all those, you know, social channels have really exploded the speed. And today it's it's, it's even changed even more because it's now it's very, very, you know, um, star-driven. And, you know, if Kanye West, you know, raps about something or wears something, that thing could be the, the trend the next day. It, it's that fast.
0: Right. And so do you feel that that is a progression in... Fashion in general, um, the way society is. No, I
1: think I think it's always been very star-driven. I mean, companies pay a lot of money to see products on on influencers. It's just influencers have a bigger megaphone today. Yeah. You know, Kanye West, his his whole team of people, um, they can reach you know 250 million people like that. Yeah.
0: That's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you you do a lot of traveling. Have you have you had the experience to build any connections with any people? on the status of Kanye West, like any celebrity? Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you know, by virtue of doing business with those companies, um, you you know, we have business relationships with all kinds of people and, you know, all all kinds of influencers and, um, you know, we're just out there trying to to do two things when we're meeting those kinds of people. We're trying to do what's right for our brand, but today it's also important that you're considering what you're doing for their brand and there's that, uh, it's a little bit di- different relationship today um, especially you know with you know, two of our big partners Nike and Adidas um, it's real important that we enhance the value of their brand don't just sell their shoes. They can do that perfectly well on their own. Nike is a fifty billion dollar company they don't need us to sell, they need us to tell stories and they need to us to, to, to do things that will you know uh, enhance the value of the brand. This weekend we just did a uh, a big event with Odell Beckham. We launched his shoe, and um, we reached a lot of people. I mean, we really dominated the um, you know local digital networks. We were on KYC.com, Cleveland.com, our own channels. So you know those are the kind of things that you have to do to. Be a most favorite partner with Nike. It's not just about selling product because they can do that on their own. It's about uh, telling their story and really digging in and doing a great job of communicating to the consumer about what this product is all about.
0: When it comes to competition, how do you handle competition or adversity per se? Um, Is it a real struggle for you? You know, when it comes to fashion, there's all these different brands competing when they when they really sell the same. Style clothing, how do you guys
1: compete? Co- competition in terms of who we're competing against? Yeah,
0: like like other stores who are trying to do the same thing. How do you guys think? Uh, it top? makes us better. Yeah, um, competition's
1: great. Uh, I think when when we're pushed, and we're pushed all the time because there's no boundaries anymore. We don't just compete locally; we compete globally. We're competing with you know companies in in Hong Kong. We're competing with companies you know, in LA, uh, all over the world. So we are constantly obsessed with um, what we're doing, how we're doing it. So, and that's driven by the competition. And I think that the, the, the thing that I worry about most every morning is, are we relevant today? Because you can lose relevancy overnight. Yeah. It's, it's that fast.
0: So, okay, so, all right, so you, you build connections, you travel places, you listen, you collect all this information from people and you, know, you have an amazing staff, an amazing team of people in all your different stores to stay relevant. If all that goes checked off, right, and you still feel irrelevant, so to speak, mm-hmm. what's the next step? Oh, I
1: don't know. I mean, we haven't reached that point uh, where we've become irrelevant. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that it would be to work harder. It would be to work smarter. It would be to be honest about what you're not doing well I mean we have a um, you know we're always looking at a lot of different things when we evaluate success Um, obviously metrics are very important you know are you hitting your sales plans are you hitting your profitability goals so those things are always very telling Um, but you've got to be very very self-critical in our business and you can't have uh, a big ego and you can't be afraid to fail because you're going to fail every day and um, a lot of times when we're out there um, when we're out there trying to bring a new vendor in and uh, vendors are very selective today uh, what I tell the team is getting a no is the first step to yes so once we get a no it means we're we're, they know who we are and you just have to be very 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 persistent and you, you can't you know you can't you you have to deal with rejection because you're going to get rejected every every day in this business especially with you know the, the digital world and the, the kinda comments you get on your Instagram you just have to have a pretty thick skin
0: yeah when it comes to the nose I kinda wanna go, wanna go back to your beginning when you first started off and I mean when, when it came to forming a team of people that would help you take on the endeavor of opening a store or opening multiple stores what in your mind made you qualified to sell merchandise that is so in style popular We when we developed our, our, our concept
1: uh, next which was in 95 I came out of a, a business that was selling um... preppy clothing to an upper middle class consumer and as you're walking around the trade show and you're walking into these <clears throat> you know vendors and you're sitting right down and in a small part of the room there was this area and it was probably about 15 stores and you couldn't get a seat and it was 10 deep wow. and I said boy there, there must be something going on here and we we just sat down and met with some of the people that were selling those that, that product and we decided that we wanted to sell people that really placed a high value on clothing and we felt at the time with our former concepts, that clothing wasn't a real priority. Other things were, were a priority. But it, it appeared in this realm that clothing was a priority. and we stumbled upon it. It wasn't a business plan. It wasn't a clear strategy. We said, boy, consumers really or, or there seems to be a lot of demand for these you know 10, 10 groups of vendors. And we just kind of met with them and, uh, I think that, that the thing that kind of was was a breakthrough for me was I was in New York and working with one of the brands. It was uh, Fat Farm at the time, and Fat Farm was owned by a guy named Russell Simmons, and uh, Russell also had a music business called Def Jam, and I was in the showroom late one night, and he was in the showroom as well, working, and we he just we just struck up a conversation, and uh, we talked about how we would sell his brand in Cleveland, and he he felt. Very strongly that we were going to do it the right way, and I was able to get him to endorse it on the radio, and we were able, able to do some things that they created a, a consciousness in our consumer that, um, boy, this this might be a cool place to shop. So it it wasn't it wasn't a grand strategy. It was, I, I think the, the when we really when you look at people that you want to hire in this business, the one thing that is is ultra important is are they curious, and. If they're curious, that's a good thing. If they're not curious, n- n- you know, as a creative, that's that, that, I think that'll hold you back a little bit. You've, you've got to be able to, you know, not say no to anything. You just have no idea where the next trend is going to come from, and you have no idea who's going to create that next trend.
0: So if you had to put your finger on one quality that would make someone um, real relevant, we we'll use the term relevant uh, in the fashion industry? Would the term be curious?
1: Oh, I think there's a lot of terms. I mean, when you see um new brands that pop up, um, you know, they have to have a skill set. they've got to be able to um, interpret where fashion is going and I guess curiosity is a, a really um, strong component, but I, th- I think there's there's so many different things that 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 make people in our business successful. I, I think the one thing that you see um, with them is they they'll work very, very hard and they'll, you know, not just work hard, but work smart. And they'll put themselves in a position where they can be successful. But I don't think there's one quality in every every person other than um, this desire to to be successful and to work hard. Um, There's so many people that do it a lot of different ways.
0: Fashion in general, when you walk in the street and you see someone dressed the way they are, as opposed to the way someone would dress in the 70s. You know, I'm sure you've studied the history of fashion. Oh, because
1: everything cycles. You're right. Oh, everything, everything. So, no, no, there's nothing new that's created. It's all, you know, what what designers typically do um, when they want to get inspired today is they go vintage shopping. And we do that all the time. When we're in, there's, there's great vintage stores in LA and there's great places to see um, things in the past and Very, very, very little is is. There's very little new out there. Seventh Avenue, which you know, New York used to be the fashion capital, or which it no longer is. But it it, it was. It's all about interpreting um, maybe something in the past and um, figuring out a way to make it relevant today. Like you know, tie dye is hot right now, and tie dye was something that was really, really hot in the '70s. So things just tend to get recycled you don't see a lot of stuff that's that's incredibly new out there so um, a, a great way to kind of get inspired or a great way to um, see things is is is. there's again you know the whole vintage shopping world has now become very you know exclusive and th- there's some amazing vintage shops out there so um, that's one way that you can get get a feel for maybe what's going on today what's going on in the vintage shops what 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 are,
0: what are those consumers kind of looking at right now that shop vintage success for you personally what has to happen in the next 5 to 10 years for you to feel happy with what you've accomplished
1: are uh, we are happy i mean i i think that that we're happy yeah i think we're happy we're never satisfied though right. um i think that that when you when you get satisfied, you—that's when I tell my team. You know, when, when I tell everybody that we're, we're we're amazing, and we're hitting it out of the park, and and I say that all the time. It's probably time for us to, to look to do something else. So um, we're always, you know, we're happy with what we've created. I mean, I, you know, we're proud of what we've created. We, we we feel that we've we've, you know, we're competing globally now. Um, we ship product into thirty countries. Um, but I always wake up, um, feeling with a pit in my stomach thinking, what are we going to do today? How do we get 1% better today? Um, but
0: you know, we're, we're, happy about what we've created. So, um, happy, but not satisfied. What advice would you have for someone, not necessarily in your, in your, uh, field of work who may not feel happy with their achievements in life? and they wake up and they struggle to get their, f- their feet on the ground and to get going and to stay motivated. What advice do you have?
1: Figure out what you want to do. I mean I love getting up going to work. I love Mondays. Mondays are, are the start of a new week. Our, our week goes seven days so um, we're, we're, you know, weekends are really 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 important to us. Mondays are days that we we recap the week and we get in reports out to Nike and Adidas but I, I think that you you really have to find what you want to do and, and you know I don't, oftentimes, I don't feel like I'm going to work. I feel like, you know, we're going to create something. So I, I think for those that wake up and don't like what they're doing, life's too short. Um, really figure out what motivates you, what you love to do, and figure out a way to, to make that what you do. And I, I can't imagine getting up every day and, and, and feeling bad about walking in, to a place that you're going to spend 40, 50, 60, 70 hours that week, I mean, that to me it would be awful. I, I just, I, I'd have a hard time doing that.
0: How did you come to fashion? I should have, probably should have started with this question.
1: You know, it, it, it was something that was, it was in our family, you know, in the family a long time that that's what my dad did. I don't know if he was quite in the fashion business, but I always liked clothing. I always, you know, had an affinity for it. I started out in public accounting which mm-hmm. is a, about 180 degrees different. Um, worked with Deloitte Haskins and Sells, and you know, I kind of felt a great job, but I felt like I was a historian there. And just, you know, recapping what went on, and I, I certainly didn't feel incredibly motivated to, to 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 do more. And so this opportunity a long time ago to work with my sister in the fashion business came up and figured I'd do it for a little while. and. She got married and had kids and decided her life was going to take a different path. So that's when I kind of took it and took it into a whole new direction. And I love the, the, the fact that we can just be creative every day, and that's what counts. And to me, that's a great job when, you know, you can go to work every day and do something different and do something to, to affect your business in a, in a real, real, real positive way. And, and again, there, there's today it's great because there's, you know, I don't know how I want to say this, but there's really no rules. All of the old ways of doing things are no longer. And I look at a lot of the big retailers out there, and they're in trouble because they don't have the ability to move fast enough. And they, they, they've got organizations with barriers. And unless you can move incredibly fast, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it in store closings. We're seeing it in declining traffic in malls. It It's not that the malls are dead, per se. It's the stores in there. It's the stores that don't provide an experience. Uh, When we just built our new store, um, the task we gave our architect was 10 years ago when you built a store, you would say, okay, to the right, when you come in, the first thing you want that table is to produce X amount of dollars. The task that we gave our architect this time was create something experiential, not transactional. Give us an opportunity to entertain consumers. Give us an opportunity to have a yoga class in the store. Give us an opportunity to have parties in the store. Give us an, uh, an opportunity to be very, very event-driven. If we do that, if we inform, educate, and entertain our consumer, we think at that point then we'll, we'll probably get them to purchase product. But first and foremost, um, we, we didn't when we built the, our, our newest store, it wasn't about, how we were going to create transactions. We were going to. It was more about how we were going to create community.
0: That's awesome. All right, Robert. Thank you so much for taking the time. Is there anything you'd like to add? Anything? How no. can people uh, find yeah, find out your stories? How can people?
1: Oh, well, we've got. You know, you can come to one of our stores in Cleveland, or you know, we've got two websites: um, exhibition. Co. Co. And um, and that's exhibition without the e. And um, our other uh, website is rule and x.com. It's
0: awesome, Robert. Thank you so much. All right. My pleasure. Here are some great takeaways from this episode. One, Mr. Rosenthal said, in the ever-changing field of fashion and trends, what he does to stay on top is to create a wide network of people and resources. He even spends much of the year traveling. Two, fail fast. Do not be afraid to take risks especially when it comes to creativity. In fact, he said it's more risky to quote unquote, play it safe. Three, our former president John F. Kennedy famously said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. If you're in a similar situation or lifestyle where you're trying to get others to buy or buy into what you're selling, whether it's a product or a concept, try not focusing so much on what others can do for you and for your brand. Maybe see what you can do for them and for their brand. Ultimately, that's what people want anyways. And four, even if you're at the top, even if you have two concepts, six stores, and 35 years of experience and success under your belt, always ask yourself, what can we be doing to become even just 1% better? Thank you for listening. Hey guys, thanks for listening. This was a real interesting episode of Maverick Mondays, but if you truly want to grow and become the best version of you, and yeah, I mean the best version of you, listen to the episode again, take some notes, review the lessons throughout the day, let them sink in. This is a great way to achieve success and forge a positive attitude, the kind that will break us out of some of the most unmotivating Mondays. Thank you for joining us. Real quick, before you go, if you happen to be listening to this episode on an iPhone or Apple product, please be sure to leave a kind review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Otherwise, be sure to check out more at www.mvpodcasting.com. That's mvpodcasting.com. Thank you.